Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Psalms 91, starting with verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. To abide under a shadow is to follow and observe someone closely and secretly. In this case, God the Most High. He is seen, but we are hidden. We are covered under his shadow. His shadow is where we want to be. The psalmist goes on to tell us the benefits of God's shadow, starting in verse 3. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. We all desire this divine protection, but it comes at a price, and the price we have to pay is not going our own way, but choosing to live in his word. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4.4 We have to remain under his shadow, under the covering of his wings. If we come out from beneath his divine protection, we make ourselves vulnerable to the attack of the enemy, and we will suffer great harm. In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, starting in verse 26, I'm reading from the Amplified. Jesus is speaking. If anyone serves me, He must continue to faithfully follow me without hesitation, holding steadfast to me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. And wherever I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Do you notice it doesn't say, if anyone serves me, men will honor But no, it's the Father who does the honoring. This is a challenge to our natural man. God is the invisible God, and of course, men are always before us, and somehow we believe if we can receive man's honor, it will satisfy our need to receive God's approval. Man's approval requires serving and following them. The secret servant is not willing to serve man regardless of the praise and accolades he may receive from them. No, his eyes are fixed on his majesty's service. John chapter 5 verse 44, how can you believe who receive honor one from another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Seeking God's honor requires us to remain in the shadow of his wings. Jesus is teaching us in John chapter 12, if you're going to be his servant, then you have to be with him. You can't be somewhere else or with someone else and claim to be serving him. Many say today, if you believe in Jesus, then you're serving him, but that's not true. In the beginning of believing faith, we must be born again. After that, Jesus teaches us that we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and daily follow him. Many people believe in him, but never take up their cross. Without your cross, you can't follow him. It's not possible. If you don't follow him, then you're not with him. And if you're not with him, how can you serve him? 
if you find yourself serving but not following the Lord, you need to ask yourself and the Lord, who or what am I serving? I'm saying this because years ago, I was convinced that I was following and serving the Lord. But when I began to experience a lot of the warfare listed in Psalm 91, knowing I should have protection from my adversary, but I didn't, I came under attack and I asked the Lord why. His response, you have come out from under my shadow. You're out from underneath my protection. You're doing your own thing. You're going your own way. You're seeking your own desires, Mark, for yourself. Even if you claim it's my work, it's not. You're using my name in vain. The Lord was telling me that he was not the author of what I was doing and building. Obviously, that was a shock, and I quickly repented and stopped doing what I was doing. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Many believers don't understand what our cross actually is or how we are to apply it to our daily life. Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28, but this time he uses a yoke for an oxen as a metaphor. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Lord is teaching us in this verse to take his yoke upon us and learn from him. This is an interesting statement because there's a lot of learning going on, but not a lot of yoking. You know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. If you're learning, but you're not yoked to him, all you're learning is head knowledge. It's not going to develop into spiritual understanding or revelatory insight which is desperately needed to live and to walk in the Spirit with the Lord and to keep up with Him and His Word. Daily following the Lord, growing in spiritual understanding and knowledge, this is true discipleship. Somehow we've come to believe that if we sit a group of people down in a classroom or in a church hall and teach them, we're discipling them. Really? Jesus never taught his disciples head knowledge. He always walked with them experientially through life. That's how they were able to remember after his death all the things he said and taught them. The Holy Spirit bringing it back to their remembrance. Because they were with him, the same is required of us also. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He's the teacher. This is how we grow, staying yoked to him remaining close to him. The cross and the yoke are synonymous. The point is we're denying ourselves and following him, which provides us the opportunity to serve him because of our proximity to him. We're with him in the spirit through his written word and his revealed will by the Holy Spirit. Many of us today were crying out, Lord, I want to know you. I want more of you. Teach me your ways. Well, this can only happen through being yoked to Christ. Being yoked to Christ does not represent our salvation. Being yoked to Christ does represent our commitment and devotion to that salvation and recognizing the, the need that we must be with him. We must be abiding with him. Otherwise, we will produce no spiritual fruit. We will just wither up and die spiritually, yet saved. Galatians 2.20, 
the Apostle Paul writing, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I'm now living in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians 3.3 tells us, For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. The secret servant has come to terms with, I surrender to this life's transformation into the image of Christ. We're moving from, he's my savior, I'm saved, to he is my Lord and savior. In Isaiah chapter 42, starting in verse 19, who is blind but my servant, or deaf like my messenger I am sending? Who is blind like my dedicated one, or blind like the servant of the Lord? Though seeing many things, you pay no attention. Though his ears are open, he does not listen. There's a lot of activity going on around us in the world and in Christendom, but the secret servant pays no attention to the latest trends. He's only focused on one thing and one thing only, staying close to the Lord and remaining under the shadow of the Almighty, listening for his voice, confirming, this is the way, follow me. In 1 Kings, we read where Elijah traveled 40 days to Mount Hori, the mountain of God, fleeing Jezebel's death threats, starting in verse 13. So it was when Elijah heard a small still voice, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. Verse 15, And the Lord said to him, Go and return. Jump to verse 18. Then the Lord said to him, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Elijah is telling the Lord here, I alone am left. I'm the only one remaining, and they seek to take my life. Well, Elijah was very zealous for the Lord. Through his faithful actions, God destroyed 400 prophets of Jezebel. But Jezebel had more prophets. I believe God would have used Elijah to destroy the remaining prophets of Jezebel. But he lost his way. He ran from his calling. Many of us have been fighting the good fight of faith, but some have gotten hurt, discouraged, despised, rejected, misunderstood, and have taken a 40-day journey away from the purposes of God for our life. Finally, when he reaches the mountain, God says to him, What are you doing here? After God spoke to Elijah, he had to tell him to go and return. Many servants of God need to go back to the Lord's yoke. We must return under the shadow of the Almighty and continue to be effective servants on behalf of his church and his kingdom reign now on the earth. The Lord said to Elijah, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. I can imagine when Elijah heard God make the 7,000 statement, he was thinking, what? How many? Where are they? Where are you hiding them? Where are these faithful ones? I thought I was the only one. Well, today, like Elijah, we can look around at the apostasy around us and say, 
I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, but I'm alone. I'm the only one here. Well, the answer is the same today. The Lord would tell us, no, I have reserved for myself those who have not departed from me to serve other gods, other things, other men, other kingdoms. They are hidden. They are with me. They're in the secret place under the shadow, hidden under my feathers. It's sad to say that many of God's faithful pastors, prophets, and workers for Christ have come out from under his shadow, have broken from his yoke, have laid down their cross, because the direction the Lord was taking them was not where the people that were following them wanted to go. People generally choose the path of least resistance. They want the easiest way. They believe, ah, the cross, the yoke, they aren't necessary today. That's something Jesus had to do. We just need to believe and to receive. Many leaders have convinced themselves they also have good plans, possibly a more effective way to get the multitudes of vulnerable believers not to depart and to continue with them. Maybe they'll even attract more believers. Remaining yoked to Christ would cause these leaders to suffer loss, and they know it. People would leave their ministry if they continued teaching, preaching, and prophesying only what God was saying and doing. Unfortunately today, many aren't willing to allow this to happen. The cost is too great. The further away you get from the yoke of the Lord, from the closeness of being with Him, I call this the disconnect. What happens next? Those faithful pastors and teachers that were hearing clear prophetic words and revelatory teaching are no longer hearing from the Lord. They keep saying all the right things, but if you notice, they're not doing any of the right things. The crowds continue to come, so they must continue to prophesy and teach, but this time it's no longer by the Spirit. It's from their vain imaginings. They slowly bring the people into error, into delusions. It's a false teaching presented to them, I'd call a mirage, illusions, imaginary images, those like seen in a dream. They teach fantasy, activity of vain imaginings. People actually begin to believe and follow a mirage, a man-made imaginary image moving from truth into fantasy. By this time, the ministers have to stir and feed the people and their emotions to keep everything going and keep everyone coming. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5-6, through 6, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, having a readiness to revenge all disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. If some people begin to walk in obedience to the Lord, there's always the possibility they can turn and right the ship around. But most of the time they have to abandon the ship, ship representing the church or that ministry. Christ is no longer the head of that church. It's now become an image of man, man's head, man's thinking, and that's idolatry. We are all following something. We're either following our own head, our own thoughts, or we're following our tribe, or we're following the crowd. But the secret servant only follows the Lord. It's the narrow way. It's the difficult way. The secret servant has rejected the broad way. He sees it for what it is, that it leads only to destruction, and many are those who go in by it. 
The narrow way will never be the popular way. We all have a tendency to want to conform to those around us. We want to be accepted by the group. The Apostle Paul warns the Corinthians, you're comparing yourselves among yourselves. This is not wise. Proverbs 29 verse 12, if a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. In other words, sitting under ministries that present illusions and lies, those believers who are sitting there will become wicked. Philippians 3.3, but we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ, and have no confidence in the flesh, or put no confidence in yourself or in men. All of our confidence has to be in the Lord. He's the one we serve. He's the one who died for us. 1 John 2.28, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. The Apostle John would not be writing this. It was not possible for us to be ashamed at his appearing. There's a saying that in this life, we have to overcome the world, the devil, and the flesh. I would now add, we also have to overcome by recognizing a corrupt, compromised church that Satan has infiltrated and deceived and make sure we're not sitting there in agreement with what's going on. That's very important. This can only be accomplished by being yoked with the Lord and feeding upon his word day and night, filtering all that you're hearing, all the teaching and preaching and words through the word of God with the assistance of the Holy Spirit within you. The Apostle Paul warns us to check ourselves to make sure we're in the Lord or abiding in him. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Paul also says many true believers have become shipwrecked in their faith. To shipwreck, you have to lose your way or your hope. You've got to go off course. You disconnect from the yoke of Christ. Jesus will never lead us to shipwreck. But we have a will. We can choose to go another way or attempt to serve the Lord in our own understanding, thinking we know better than God. We're more loving than God. And that can cause us to remain in very dangerous relationships. We must remain diligent to stay close to the Lord and under the shadow of the Almighty for his protection so he can protect us from all the demonic and satanic attacks that go on in the spiritual world around us so we would not finish our life in shipwreck up on the rocks of error, but rather we would finish up on the rock of our salvation. That we would fight the good fight of faith and finish the course that is set before us. We can only finish our course by following our leader. We don't know the way. Jesus, he is the way, and he will get us to the end in victory. But if we choose to divert, and take a shortcut or go up a distributary and depart from the head, Christ, we will certainly lose our way and suffer great loss. Psalm 27, 5, For in time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Let us dwell in the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty, covered by his feathers. Under his wings we shall take refuge, and there learn from him. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. 
this is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in the podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.